You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Michael! Andre, I can't believe we're in lockdown again. I can. I, I, I'm in Toronto. We've never been out of lockdown. Oh, you guys You guys should just be permanently strapped to a radiator. No kidding. Uh, did you have a good holidays? Do you know what? I, I really I really can't complain. I have, I have a wine cellar full of booze. I got a freezer full of meat. Um, and, uh, I tried some new recipes, so. How many different versions of, uh, egg roll in a bowl did you figure out? Do you know what? I continue to use either chicken or turkey, but I did find, as I said, I got a freezer full of meat. I found some ground pork, so I think it's time to, to pull that out oh, as I an idea. ground pork in that. Um, did you drink anything super special over the holidays? Uh, do you know what? I, I did. I really did. And I've got, I got some pictures. So let me, give me, uh, give me a moment. Uh, I will pull, pull out, uh, a few of those cool bottles that I found, uh, I'll, to... I'll start while you're pulling that up. Um, I, oh, I got a chance to open up a bottle of Krug on boxing day with, uh, with my bubble. We'd been setting some money aside for when we could get together again. And, you know, as I said in our Toronto Life column, if there is ever a year to drink Krug, it's one when you don't have to share it with a bunch of people. Yes. Um, I went a little lower in the in the spectrum. <laughs> so um, I, I found a bottle in, in my wine cellar of uh, Don David Malbec. Okay. Which is from uh, Ellis Deco Winery. Okay. And... Um, I, I, this, this thing was a 2006 and I, I have to be honest with you, Andre, I had like no hope for it whatsoever. Yes. And I was like, I'm, I, I basically drank the, I opened it and, and took the first few sips by the sink thinking I was going to dump it as soon as possible. And I drank the whole bottle. It was an absolute delight. That sounds excellent. And um, that's that, for a bottle, I guess, at the time, would have been 14 bucks. Well, now that we're done kind of doing the quick recap of what we did over the holidays, we're on to uh, some new content here. Um, we realized that we really didn't do a proper roundup of uh, what Harvest was like 2020, or what the summer, summer was like. And uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, doing the, um, the tour of Ontario from our living rooms. And, and this week, we are going to start with, obviously, Ontario's biggest region, Niagara. And we're thrilled to uh, uh, bring in, uh, like, a first-timer. I can't yes. believe a virgin to the podcast. I, yes. I'm shocked that we've never had this guy on. No. We've got uh, Richie Roberts from Fielding. Hey, guys. How's it going? Richie, how long have you been with Fielding? Let's start there. Uh, it's been 13 years now, uh, since I joined Fielding. Holy. I think the last time I spoke to you, it was 10. Where have we, where have we been? I've been keeping off the radar as much as possible, I guess. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because Fielding does make some great wines. I think for myself, famously, it's the, sorry, it's the Rock Pile Red, right? That's the Franck Merlot blend. You've got it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, you know, we fly under the radar for a lot of things, I think. But I think when people like to think of fairly consistent wines from Niagara, 
uh, I hope we come top of mind on those. Look, look, chosen few is always a good wine too. It's a it's a limited edition wine, but always always a good one. I know, and that well, and that rock pile red actually inspired my entire piece for Quench. I wrote a couple of years ago about the Bordeaux style blends from Niagara in the twenty five dollar and under category and that i i thought that was the uh organized crime wine no organized crime was just it was a standout like obviously rock pile was really great but that was one where the organized crime one was just like you know sort above it so sorry to uh to to kind of go a little off topic but we want to talk about 2020 just to go a little off topic too it's one of the few pinot gris that's really good too that rock pile pinot gris that richie makes is some good pinot gris thanks guys i'm blushing here although you can't see (laughs) All right, so yeah, we want to talk. Uh, See, so Richie, uh, you were you were telling us before we got uh, on the mic that uh, or onto onto tape anyway uh, about the different regions that you guys pick grapes from and the grape varieties that you grab. So why don't you tell us about where you're grabbing grapes from, and then we'll start asking you about about harvest. Yeah, sure. So we cover you know a pretty broad range of varietals that we do in Niagara. Um, everything and we do everything between you know sparkling wines and ice wine uh, our focus is definitely on um, Riesling Chardonnay and Pinot Gris in terms of whites I would say with uh, a bunch of other varieties mixed in like Sauv Blanc, Viognier, uh, Muscat, Chardonnay Muscat, Gewurz and then in terms of reds our focus is for sure on Cabernet Franc it really makes up I'm going to say probably about like 75% of our volume or so. Um, wow. Red. Yeah. So you can see our focus is on that for sure. But we do little little amounts of, uh, you know, everything else too, like Merlot, Cab Soap, Syrah, Gamay, Pinot Noir, and so on. And a few other more interesting varieties as well too. So this brings me to a quick thought about, uh, and it's kind of an aside, we should bring Richie on for a little Cab Franc content. We definitely should. Uh, I know we've been, th- that's going to be the, the focus of two guys talking wine for the next little while. But before we go completely off the rail, off the rails, Richie, how was 2020 as a growing season? Well, I think it was like overall speaking for all varieties. I think it, it's, it's really strong. Things are looking good. I mean, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but the wines look really good uh, at an early stage. Very promising. Uh, not surprising based on what we had during the year. Like the year got off to a bit of a slow start, if you remember. Um, are we talking about the grapes or are we just talking about in general? No, no, I'm talking about um, <laughs> the growing season. <laughs> so so it, it's kind of reflected 2020 as a year, right? Like coming out in the spring, things were definitely very, uh, a little bit delayed. Uh, people thought that bud break would be early in Niagara, but it actually wasn't that early. It was, a, I would say it was a little bit delayed. Um and yeah, going through the growing season, I mean, it was just such a strong year in terms of um, heat and then timely rainfall. There wasn't a ton of disease pressure. And then in, through the fall, the weather was really just fantastic and really let us stretch the harvest out. We didn't have a lot of rain days during harvest, which was nice. So overall, I don't want to say it was like a, an easy year by any means, but for Niagara, it was definitely uh, a strong year. Now, if I remember correctly, we did have the most amount of rain that we got was was in October. So that didn't affect the harvest in any way. No, I, I, not really. I mean, it was there was rain in October by by that point, if I recollect. 
correctly, the uh, a lot of stuff was off already. We just had some reds to get off at that point. I think for the most part, we did a, a lot of our whites towards the end of September this year. And I think we did a couple during the first week of October. Um, but it was really a nice year in terms of getting things off. Um, I don't want to say early in the year, but it was a little bit more condensed than some years can get. Like 2019, for example, I think we started sparkling the second week of September, but then we didn't finish reds until almost December. Whereas this year, 2020, we really wrapped things up the last week of October. Like I think the last day we picked this year was the 30th of October. Whereas last year it was almost in December. So, the um the question I have then is not not comparing 2020 to 2019 because I know last summer was a little bit a little bit I think even cooler than normal. How does 2020 compare to I guess the last like blazing hot vintage which would have been 2016? I think it's a it's uh, in some ways comparable to 2016, but uh, every vintage in Niagara is unique for sure. We definitely got a later start to 2020. And uh, there was a lot of really a lot of heat in July. Um, but then the fall dried out just like 2016 did. I would say that 2020 is closer to 2016 than, for example, um, 2012, which you had mentioned earlier. And it's also closer to 2016 than 2007, if people remember that far back which was not 2007 yeah yeah sorry 2007 which was really one of those years um for me i think it was like my fourth vintage or something like that and uh at that point i don't think many people had seen a vintage that hot and that dry and i still don't think there's been one uh you know just just um anecdotally i don't think there's been one similar to that since so, so Andre's asked you to compare it to 16. Is there a vintage that you would more compare it to? Like, is 2020 similar to, you know, say 15 or, you know, 13 or, or something like that? Is there a vintage that you can hark back to and say, you know what, I think it's going to be closer to this vintage than, than that vintage? Yeah, I think for, I would say, I would take answer that in two parts. I think for red wines, um, maybe not Pinot included in those, but of the other red wines we're doing, it is closest to 16 um, in terms of timing at harvest and ripeness and things like that. I think from warm vintages we've had in the past, I think people uh, really learned a lot from those. And I think for whites, I would say people got things off earlier this year than they had historically. And so I would, I would liken it to maybe 2012, more than 16 um, for whites. Now, are there any, obviously when you get a, a hot server, and I was telling you this uh, off the microphone, but Michael and I, when we've done some of our blind tastings and our, our, our rating of, of his cellar, uh, you know, we found that things like Riesling maybe don't hold up quite as well in those super hot summers. They just have a hard time holding on to their acidity or I know... I know we have great winemakers in Niagara, but obviously it's a challenge to hold on to your acid to make sparkling wine in a hot vintage like this. Is there is there any standout like across the board that you think is going to be excellent, whether it's a red or uh, like do you think across the board? Because obviously it was pretty cool in the evenings in, in September. Was it good enough to just help everything hold on to their acidity? Yeah, I think I think you 
kind of hit the nail on the head there in terms of the winemakers in Niagara. There's a lot of good winemakers in Niagara. And I think a lot of them have learned from those vintages they've worked in the past and maybe picked a little bit earlier uh, for some of the white wines that need to keep that acidity. I also think that uh, you could see the type of year we were having mid-year. And if you made adjustments in the vineyard in terms of uh, crop load or leaf pulling, things like that, and maybe you dialed things back just a little bit compared to what you might have done in years where it was a little bit cooler, uh, that would help with a lot of the white wines. And people that were uh, paying attention to things like that, I think, it, I think it'll pay off quite a bit. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some really, really good sparkling wines and aromatic white wines from this year. I mean, cer- certainly in a warm vintage like this, <laughs> keeping, uh, sorry about that, uh, keeping the acidity in, in aromatic whites and, and wines such as Riesling would really definitely be a challenge. And um, it's something we're dealing with now for sure. Like a few of the wines I think we have are a little bit flabby uh, in terms of whites. Please tell me you got cool. flabby Chardonnay on the go. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Okay. I can, um, I can, t- I can deal with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can deal with flabby Chardonnay. You bathe in Chardonnay. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you know, a lot of the varieties we work with like Pinot Gris for, in terms of whites, Pinot Gris really looks strong. Uh, Chard looks really good. And then in reds across the board, they're all looking really nice. Like Gamay is really super ripe. Merlot and Cab Franc look great. And then, um, varieties that we struggle with in certain years ripening like Syrah and Cab Sauve also uh, look quite strong. So it's hard to pick out anything that looks really good. I mean, I think Cab Franc is something we always do in Ontario and this is a year where uh, you're really going to see it um, like kind of uh, hit more of those warmer climate characters uh, than it can, than it can be in some years. And I think that's a positive for us. So you've kind of stolen my thunder on my last question, which was you said you're you're not. It didn't sound like you were you know too super excited about anything, but super excited about everything. Um, so I will I will switch gears and kind of ask this question: Is there anything that you're slightly worried about? I think to your guys' point earlier about whites that could fall apart down the line. I mean that's always a concern in warm vintages for us, and I think it. We, we can see it in some of the wines and that's where um, when working with vineyards from different locations and different picking times um, and even different clones uh, when it gets to some of the aromatic whites, I think that's something that uh, we're going to need to look at uh, so that those white wines um, hold up over time and aren't, aren't super flabby uh, and fall apart like they can in the warmer vintages. So that's what I would be somewhat concerned about. I wouldn't be as concerned about, uh, sparkling wines because I think those will actually hang up or, or hold up pretty well. Uh, not concerned about the reds at all. If you're working with uh, some of the bigger reds, as we are relatively speaking for Niagara, then uh, this is the year for it for sure. And I think you're going to see from 2020, you're not only going to see like the top end wines be really, really good um, and maintain some elegance as well, but you're going to see some stuff. Um, even under twenty dollars, it's going to probably really surprise some people. Thanks so much for giving us the time, Richie. We're looking forward to tasting your twenty twenties, and uh, hopefully, twenty twenty one is just as good a year. 
Okay, guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I, I really, honest to God, feel bad every time I, I end up at Fielding because I never go there often enough. I don't think I've ever had a bad wine from Fielding. Um, I, I'm always happy to get my hands on a bottle of uh, Richie's wines. Uh, you know what? I I have a bunch of, of Fielding in the cellar. And I just... It's, it's one of those wines, when I see it, I go, oh, I could probably go for longer. <laughs> I just, I'm, never, I'm just not worried about it. I don't know why. Maybe I should. Maybe I should worry about some of them. No, but I mean, it's a, uh, tes- that, it's a testament to the quality of the winemaking. Of course, but I, I, I think we should be reaching out to uh, to Richie, and uh, and and take him up on on uh, a Cab Franc thing like we did with Featherstone. Yes, see we'll if see what uh, we can do. you know seventy five percent of his production in Cab Franc. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yes, it really is. Um, I, did not, I did not realize that. I did not either. Because I mean, look at us learning something new in the new year. Well, I mean, it's pretty. The bar's set pretty low. You and I are both kind of uh, dunderheads here. So, learning something new is is is. I mean, the name of the game here. We're hoping people at least learn something from the podcast. You're learning along with us. Why is the sky blue? All right, it's hooked on phonics, Niagara style. All righty. Um, so anyways, let's just talk a bit about how you can support the podcast real quick. Um, if you haven't visited our Patreon site, uh, Patreon made some changes. You can now contribute in Canadian dollars. So if you thought about contributing and maybe didn't want to deal with the fluctuation of the dollars, go to patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. Uh, you know, even two bucks a month is something you can, uh, commit to. And we really appreciate the support. Um, it doesn't take a lot of money for us to keep this going, but, uh, we very much appreciate it all the support that we do get. Uh, and we can put the money in the education fund. Well, or the swear jar. I don't know if anyone saw, but we did actually follow through with our commitment. We donated our swear jar and and my wife, Anya, did send her $20 contribution for dropping an F-bomb during the Psalm Blinders podcast. Speaking of which... Which reminds me, you can still get Psalm Blinders cards. Yeah, blindersgame.com. Use the promo code 2GTW to everyone who bought those cards. We really appreciate it. Don't know when we're going to get a chance to get together to actually play the game again face-to-face when it's not cold outside, but hopefully hopefully soon. It'd be, it'd be good. I wonder if you could do it remotely. Probably not. I don't think it works which, like that. You have to which, deal would, with which would be too bad. Yes, it would be. Anyways, I'm Andre Pru from andrewinereview.ca, uh, and you can check out my website, andrewinereview.ca. I think I already said that. I'm repeating myself now. Go ahead, Michael. I'm clearly out of it now. He is in a lockdown brain, which means his brain is locked down and he can't think of anything else. I'm Michael Pincus of michaelpincuswinereview.com. Although, Andre, I did find out I also own michaelpincuswinereview.ca. Well, that's about that. Well, take us away then. Alrighty. I can be found as the great guy or Michael Pincus on various social media. Andre, this has been fun. Looking forward to the next one. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. This episode of Two Guys Talking Wine was produced by Jim Ray and Adam Duran.